Welcome to the Self-Love Revolution, an inclusive well-being series in which experts, influencers, and professionals share their approaches to wellness and mental health. From self-care rituals to setting healthy boundaries to the practices that keep us going. Our Rooted Queen Forever Self-Love Revolution podcast will consist of bi-weekly stories told by real people in the midst of transforming their lives through small daily intentions. Whether it's making a huge change for the 20th time or choosing to believe in ourselves for the first, our intentions make all the difference. Welcome, my queens and kings. My name is Nichelle Mosley. And I'm Natasha. And I am honored for you to join me for the Self-Love Revolution podcast, a podcast dedicated to you. Before we get started, we want to give you an opportunity to tune in to yourself. Now that you've made the time to be here with us, take a minute to be here for you. We're going to invite you to breathe. If you're in a place where you can close your eyes, go ahead and do that. If you're driving or doing something where you're not able to close your eyes, that's okay. You can still breathe with us. Go ahead and take one deep, slow breath. Focus on expanding your belly. Focus on keeping your shoulders relaxed. Once you've got enough air, go ahead and let it out really slowly. And try to see if you can let go of anything that's causing you stress right now. We're going to go ahead and take another deep breath. This time as you breathe in, imagine that you're being filled up with energy and vitality. And as you let go, let go of anything that feels like it's bringing you down. As you let go, see if you can understand where you're holding tension in your body. And imagine that as you exhale, that tension is leaving your body as well. Now let's take one last breath. And remember, try to bring air into your belly and keep your shoulders relaxed. As you let go this time, imagine that your body is like melting butter and just relax into that exhale. See if you can feel your body melting as well. Notice if you feel any pleasant tingling or warm sensation or anything in your body that feels really good. And I hope that if you feel good right now, you can take that with you through the rest of your day. Now let's get into it. So um, a couple things that I really feel like that are just socially acceptable, but still, you know, not the best coping skills that someone can maybe take as a, an approach to something that they're experiencing or trying to process is, um, you know, overeating or something along those uh, lines of addiction, impulse purchasing and um, exercise, addiction to cigarettes and coffee and wine. Those are all things that I would say that are socially acceptable and, you know, could be potential coping mechanisms that people are turning to. 
Do you have any suggestions or tips that um, people can do that are more positive um, rather than um, maybe navigating something that's a little bit more socially acceptable, but um, also not as negative? Yeah, you know, and I think you, you and I have talked about this before where, I mean, I think addiction and addictive behaviors are tricky, right? Because we're not always aware of them when they're happening. I feel like they sort of sneak up on us and then um, it's really easy to talk ourselves into believing that we don't have an addiction problem. And I mean, for, I think for everybody, it's a different experience, right? And then there is a difference between having addictive behavior and self-medicating. Like you say, there's a lot of people that maybe to get through a specific situation in time might engage in a lot of, you know, exercising or overeating, or, you know, I, I know like during the pandemic, I did a lot of online shopping and I, I don't know that it was addictive, but it was definitely more online gifts that I bought myself than I would at any other time in my life. Um, I probably had more time to do online shopping though. But I mean, I think alcohol, drinking alcohol is, and smoking cigarettes is something that can become addictive, but isn't necessarily obvious to us. And someone might point it out and say, Hey, Oh, I noticed that you have been drinking a lot more lately and, and it's painful to accept. Right. So first of all, I want to say that sometimes if you're going through a really tough time, maybe it's okay that you are self-medicating to get through it through that period of time. But I think the difference between self-medicating and addiction is that when you're self-medicating, there's a point where you realize that maybe you don't need to do this behavior anymore. And you might find a proactive way to stop by either seeking therapy, getting help, or just making a decision to stop doing whatever it is that you're doing cold turkey, right? I think with addiction, it's a little bit trickier because it might go on for a longer period of time before you might realize that it's affecting your life in a negative way, because also self-medicating, you might, it might not be affecting your life in a negative way, even though maybe it it might not be good for your liver to drink as much alcohol as you're drinking (laughs) or for your stomach to be eating as much food as you're eating, but it's not necessarily interfering in your daily routine, right? So addiction can get trickier in, in the way that it can interfere in your relationships. It can alter your behavior and it can disrupt your daily functioning. So sometimes it might be important to look at that to understand if you do need to get help or not. I think it's really hard to find like a a healthy coping mechanism if you're doing something that isn't so great for your body, like, you know, drinking alcohol, let's say, because exercise is something that's viewed as healthy, right? Right. But when it becomes obsessive, it can be destructive to your body and eating healthy is something that's viewed, you know, in society, like you say, as something that's good for your body, but you know, that can turn into like a a destructive behavior. If you're not eating enough to 
you know, get the proper nutrients in your body, it can turn into an eating disorder, you know, and it could be very subtle for you that you don't necessarily realize what's going on. So from, I honestly think it's really hard to, to think about something where you can do instead of that behavior that maybe you want to give up on doing, because I think the the first thing that you need to realize, is it a problem for you? Because if it's not a problem for you and it's helping you get through, or at least not feel pain until you're ready to deal with the pain, is it really a problem? Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I, I think we've had this conversation too, you know, where I, you know, I really don't feel the need to be judgmental in the way that somebody is trying to cope with the things that they have experienced, especially if it isn't hurting anyone, you know, if it's something that they are doing within the confines of their home and, you know, it's something that they are utilizing as a way to cope, then um, it's what, what helps for them, what helps for now until they're able to see it in a different way or experience it in a different way than what works for now works for now. I think that we as a society have to be more open to, you know, just that concept, because what I find and what I have experienced is that a lot of people will take on a lot of shame because they can't talk about, you know, the things that are really helping and, you know, what is, you know, essentially working just because of the stigma and on what somebody might not necessarily feel is the right approach. So, you know, I think that that is a part of, you know, the reason that people don't really talk about it and and why it's not something that, you know, we have the ability to, you know, kind of openly express it and, you know, just take inventory from there so that we all can learn from the situation. So I'm really glad that we're having this conversation today because, you know, I really feel like this is something that really will help, you know, to just kind of normalize things that we can do, you know, and in, in what is, is right for you is right for you. There's a lot of things that can be seen as addictive that you wouldn't, like we had said before, you wouldn't necessarily see them as addictive behavior. Like I know that I went through a period of time where anybody who knew me would probably label me as extremely lazy. I wasn't really motivated to do anything. I didn't want to do anything other than like maybe watch TV. Looking back, I had a lot of time on my hands where I could have, you know, I don't know, took in, taken an online course, uh, gotten in more education. Like I sometimes have regrets about not having used that time productively. And I, I'm not going to say that I was um, <laughs> addicted to not doing things, but I, I look back and I felt a lot of shame in that time because I kept thinking like, what's, what's wrong with me? Why, why can't I do things? Why is, why is it so exhausting for me to be an adult? And is it going to be like this forever? is this my new normal? Am I just like ruined for life? But I was depressed at the time. I had some things going on in my life that were really hard and I was really depressed. And the only things that would bring me any little bit of joy so that I wouldn't just like break down completely were spending a lot of time watching TV and just resting. 
And, you know, I now have compassion for myself at that time because I was exhausted by life. You know, my dreams were shattered. Like I had these plans for myself and life threw me something different and said, actually, you don't, you don't get to have these dreams that you wanted for yourself, or at least it's not going to happen for you right now. And sorry, we can't guarantee if this is going to happen for you in the future. And so, yeah, I lost all my motivation to move forward with life. I lost all my spark, all my joy. And the only thing that brought me a little bit of joy was just, you know, doing nothing, just, just having some sort of peace so that I could get through my day and do all of those other adult things that I needed to do. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel that way, but like you say, they feel ashamed because they don't necessarily know what's wrong with them, or they think that they should be functioning a different way and they're just not. But when you have those periods of time, it's not forever. You know, sometimes it's just for a moment for however long you need to be in that situation. And if you just stay true to yourself. If you follow your intuition, like you had mentioned before, Nichelle, if you just kind of stay aware of where you're at step-by-step, eventually you will just naturally decide that you want to do something different, that you want a change, or that you just don't want to do X, Y, and Z anymore because you've filled up your batteries however you need to. And now you're ready to engage in life in a new way. I absolutely can relate to that. So I really can. I I feel like it's something that if we are just more open and honest about, you know, the things that we go through, the things that have kind of thrown thrown us off of our course and how we've been able to then, you know, get get the energy, get the emotional strength to get back up and, um, you know, just, you know, pursue something different because we all have this idea about what we want to see our lives, you know, transpire as, and, you know, sometimes things really just deviate and you don't get what it is that you have pictured. And it can really be a hard pill to swallow, especially when you've kind of put all of your eggs in one basket. And I know that, you know, Natasha and I are really great friends. You know, we've been someone who has had the ability to talk, you know, not only on camera, but also outside of, um, you know, just our Zoom, our Zoom chats. I, <laughs> I know that we, you know, have the ability to, you know, kind of under, understand each other's, you know, life expectancy a little bit differently than, you know, just what people are kind of hearing, you know, right now in in the podcast. But I said all that to say that, you know, when you have the ability to dance and have the energy to, you know, put forth your best effort, you know, 10 hours a day and you're pursuing a goal and a dream and everything is going right for you, you know, you feel like that's just going to be your experience for the rest of your life. You make plans, you decide on things, you know, based on, um, you know, just what we have been able to be blessed with. You know, I feel like when we, went through the process of making long-term goals, we both experienced, you know, things that were just, you know, kind of 
really something that rocked us. It was just kind of blindsiding. And I'm so grateful that we were able to navigate our friendship because it was something that, you know, like I never expected. And um, I can say in the middle of it all, I was super depressed. I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to utilize the things of the past that I had normally um, been able to rely on. And, um, and it was a really, really scary time because yeah. I was just like, you know, I don't know how to help myself. And I really just had to be honest with my experience. And even though it didn't necessarily on the outside looking in seem as though it was something that you should have a reaction to, it was really a huge goal and a huge dream of mine. And I just had to really acknowledge that, you know, I had a lot of expectations and a lot of just ideals about like the future that I kind of had just basically, you know, transpired in my mind, manifested in my mind. And I wasn't willing to just let them go. I thought I just needed to, you know, do things differently and, you know, experience them and respond, you know, a different way, or, you know, like there were so many things that I tried to do in order to continue to make sure that, you know, the, the, the dream that I wanted to, you know, transpire would still be able to have the ability to do that. It was just really hard to experience um, the reality of it not being able to be true. And I'm glad that, you know, we, like you said, were able to continue and stay true to who we were and um, eventually have something that I would say that, you know, has helped us to be grateful and have gratitude in a different way, but it really did take a lot of time to get to this place. Absolutely. Did you know? Pre-cleansing is an important first step to your daily skin ritual. Our lightweight botanical blend breaks down dirt, makeup, and other oils more efficiently than just soap and water alone. The results? Better barrier protection against the elements and a revitalized complexion. This daily pre-cleansing oil is perfect for all skin types, including mature, sensitive, and even oily acne-prone skin. Made only with natural ingredients, such as rosehip, safflower, and jojoba oils, you'll be returning your skin to its most natural and healthiest state. Buy it exclusively at rootedqueen.com. That's R-O-O-T-E-D, queen.com. You can have whatever I really appreciate your friendship so much. And I know we've had some beautiful experiences together and I'm listening to what you're saying. And it's making me think about something that I think that when we have these moments where we feel completely shattered, that maybe make us turn to things that are addictive in order to get us through. I think this is just me thinking, like, I think there's a correlation and I'm not sure, maybe I'm wrong, but I do think that there's a correlation between a, a like, sort of like a disconnection with your spirituality, a, a disconnection with your faith. So I've noticed that in myself and a lot of people that I've talked to, whenever we feel like 
that rock bottom where we feel like no motivation to go on, where we don't know if this dark place is going to last forever, where we don't see a way out, where we just feel really stuck. I mean, for me, a lot of times it's happened when I've not been connecting um, to my spiritual practice, when I've lost, well, I've lost my faith because I've had these experiences. Like, like you say, we had these plans for ourselves. We were so good at manifesting things at, at, you know, being go-getters and making things happen for ourselves. And then all of a sudden, um, we reach a place where, where we've been doing what we've been doing, but it's not working out for us. And we keep hitting a wall and we're like, oh my God, like I've lost my, I feel helpless. I've, I've lost my ability to, you know, achieve my goals or do what I set out to do for myself or life didn't turn out the way that I planned it to be. It sometimes makes us just stop believing in possibility and it interrupts our faith and it takes time to get back to that place. And I don't know for you, but for me, when I've made an effort to reconnect with my spiritual practices, something changes, like something deep changes in me where I'm able to find the strength to move past whatever's happening. Do you feel that that's happened for you? Is that true for you? Absolutely. You know, I can tell that when I am you know, having burnout or at my wits end, and I haven't really left enough reserve for myself when I can kind of readjust and um, make sure that I am, you know, practicing what I'm preaching and waking up with, you know, not just starting off on getting right into work or, you know, answering emails or, you know, trying to start the day before I'm really awake, fully awake. You know, we both talked about how we're not really morning persons. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not people who wake up and are just, you know, kind of have that spring in your step. So I need a little bit to kind of, you know, wake myself up a little bit. And when I am just honest about what I need and how I need to approach my morning and have a little bit more reserve and start off with a little bit more of a quiet practice, a meditation, a, you know, a reading, um, some exercise, um, just something that is helping to pour back into the day that I feel like we're able to start, you know, it off with, then I have the ability to just basically start from there and not in a place of like subtraction and, and, and I just feel much more easier about the day because you've incorporated some self-care. Yes, exactly. You've made time for yourself. Mm -hmm. And with that said, what is your self-care intention for the week? So I would say my self-care intention for the week is just to remain someone who is consistent when it comes to um, doing the things that I need to approach my day in the most calm and collected way, um, because I really can then give to the people around me in a different way and respond in a way that I am more in tune with and and more authentic about. Um, So yeah, that's, that's my, that's my tip for the day or the week. I love that. (laughs) I think for me, what I'm going to do to practice self-care 
this week is I'm noticing I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into that tendency where I'm making myself too, too available to other people. So I think I need to be very aware of that this week and really set my time boundaries. And if something, someone is asking me for something, I need to be firmer this week about, you know, not looking at my emails after a certain time or before a certain time and just getting back to them later. Like they, if they need a a fact, they're just going to have to wait. I'm just going to make people wait this week. I'm going to make them wait on me. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Stay rooted. Stay grounded. And always always come come home to yourself. yourself.